Welcome back to the OU Sports Extra podcast. Eli Letterman here with Eric Bailey, Tulsa World Beat Writers, cover OU, the Sooners. Both of us fresh off of trips to Nashville for SEC Media Days last week. And Eric, it's getting eerily, eerily close to training camp time. We're about a week out recording this on a Monday morning. How do you feel about that? Has football come faster this year than, than usual? It really does feel like it. I mean, it, we're just, what, four, five weeks away from week zero and uh, Oklahoma, when we hit the month of August and we're right there a week, a week from the month of August. That's when it really hits with fall camp. I'm excited. I'm ready for football season. It just seems like yesterday we were in Orlando watching Oklahoma play Florida State in a thrilling bowl game. Now we're ready for football. Let's Let's get it going, man. I know we're almost in camp season. I guess right now we're in talking season. That's what the month of July <laughs> is, you know, media days and uh, watch lists are going to be coming out soon. All that we've already got our, you know, preseason first teams and preseason polls, but pretty soon we're going to actually have stuff to talk about, which will be exciting. Um, but in the meantime, we were both at Big 12 Media Days in Arlington two weeks ago. And then last week, we, we each kind of got our introduction to the SEC with SEC Media Days in Nashville. Four-day event. I was there the first two days. Eric, you were there the second two uh, had conversations with Greg Sankey. We spoke to, you spoke to Spencer Rattler, uh, you know, former Sooners, Josh Heupel, Shane Beamer. So there's lots of ties and, and certainly lots of excitement uh, in, within the SEC with OU and Texas less than a year out now from making their official move. You know, it was started really cool with ESPN putting in a promo uh, for OSU and Texas uh, with a little bit of the who. Oh, and the OSU in Texas. Oh, 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 yeah, you're right. That, oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah. Talk about if we could start this over and we're not going to start this podcast over and edit that out, <laughs> we're not going to do that. Oh, you in Texas. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hey, hey, look, it's a Monday morning. It's a Monday morning. Monday, yeah. Okay. Oh, you in Texas. ESPN had a promo for the who with the who in the background. Great promo, 90 second clip. Barry Switzer, Daryl Royal, Earl Campbell, Billy Sims. Uh, it was awesome. And it was almost like welcoming one year away. And that's where we're at. We're one year from Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC. They're, they're already starting to build up for that. I know both schools are excited. And I, you know, it was just being a part of the SEC media days. It's a different animal. When both me and you were there in uh, Nashville, downtown Nashville this week, you could just get a sense of it. They do things differently, SEC. Uh, then the Big 12, we spent back-to-back -back weeks at both media days. And uh, they announced, they started the week by announcing they're moving into Dallas. They're going in the, the Big 12's backyard for their first media days next week. Uh, move, when Oklahoma, Texas media, they're going to be in familiar territory. So I'm excited about this. It really, really got the ball rolling pretty fast. SEC foothold, Dallas, Texas will be there next year. Uh, it'll, it'll, that'll be quite an introduction. I think what's funny is, uh, that's going to be great for all the Oklahoma and Texas folks, right? But all the SEC media, uh, you know, the remaining SEC media that loves their drive, you know, they've been in Birmingham, they've been in Atlanta, they've been in Nashville for their media days. I don't know if it's going to be the same easy drive for them, uh, next year, but it'll certainly be convenient for us. And it'll be a good introduction, I think, for the two new schools. Eric, you know, probably the biggest name, you know, and, and figure involved in this whole thing is Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner. And, and when I was out there, I had the opportunity to spend a little bit of time with him, just one-on-one -on -one talking about OU and this move and, and everything kind of around it. Um, and, you know, he, he had interesting stuff to say. He was very quick, you know, on that uh, suggestion that OU was a quote-unquote reluctant bride 
coming to the SEC that, that came out of Big 12 Media Days, you know, he shot that right down. Pure fiction is what he called it. Um, but, you know, as much as I'm sure that, you know, there, what else would he say, right? You know, that, that's what he's got to project. The excitement is really tangible. I mean, he spoke about, you know, the approach right now from the SEC. It's 14 current members to the two newcomers. It's, it's a full-on embrace. He used that word, I think, 10 different times in our, like, 8 to 10 minutes together. Full-on embrace. Um, and he, he spoke about Joe Harris and Joe Castiglione and, and his relationships with them and, and really why he thinks Oklahoma's a fit. Uh, because he really believes that same with Texas. And so it was interesting to get his perspective firsthand again with, you know, I, I think the day I spoke to him was 349 days out from, from Oklahoma making the jump. That's incredible because I had, a, you had a chance to talk to him. You got to talk to the the main man, the commissioner. I get a chance to talk to Paul Feinbaum, the voice of the SEC. He's like the deputy commissioner. <laughs> so we both got to talk to two of the big figureheads of the Southeast conference and Paul Feinbaum He's excited about it. I asked him, what's your biggest, your first memory of Oklahoma football? And he said, it's the game of the century, uh, Oklahoma, Nebraska in 71 when they played. Uh, he said he was 15 years old when there was only one football game on TV every weekend. And he watched that game. And then he remembered, uh, brought back memories of covering Oklahoma, Alabama, when OU should have lost the game in, in Norman. And I think it was 01 or 02 when Alabama had a lead and Oklahoma scored 10 points in the last, uh, I think, last minute and a half or two minutes of the game, uh, exciting game in, in Norman. And he had a lot of good things. He's excited about Oklahoma and Texas joining the league. He, he really said this is a pivotal year for the Sooners. They really need to have some momentum going into the SEC. This is a big year for Brent Venables. Uh, you know, he's looking forward. I asked him, you know, are there any natural rivalries that can be created outside of OU Texas. And he really thinks OU Arkansas can be a really, really good rivalry, uh, especially given their proximity. I wrote about this last week. They've only met on the field, the Sooners and the Razorbacks, three times since 1926. Those were all bowl games. There were not regular season games. So that'll be interesting to see. Uh, and I asked him in the pecking order, where does OU Texas rank now that, you know, there's so many rivalries in this, in the uh, SEC. You know, you look at all these, you know, especially Alabama, Auburn, you know, the Egg Bowl, you go down the list, there's so many good rivalries. Where does OU uh, Texas rank? And he said, well, let's not rank them yet. Let's just say that nationally, this is one of the best rivalries there is. And he's going to be disappointed if uh, game day is not at OU Texas. So uh, it was neat talking to, to Paul Feinbaum. He said he's already getting calls from Tulsa. He said, he said whenever he gets a caller from Tulsa, he wants to get them on. So I know that the Oklahoma footprint is already creeping into his show. It's creeping in the SEC. There's genuine excitement, and that was the neat thing about going to SEC Media Days is seeing that footprint, how it's starting to evolve into that landscape, and, and the excitement's only going to build from this point. Uh, that being said, there's still a Big 12 season to be played. Oklahoma, you know, the, all the focus is going to be on the Big 12 this year, but I think everyone's eyes are going to peek ahead. Uh, they're going to peek ahead 349 days to, to when they get in the SEC. I mean, if you'd like a window in how to split-minded we all have to be right now between the Big 12 season ahead and the SEC, within about 12 seconds of shaking Greg Sankey's hand, I had the slip of referring to the SEC as the Big 12 when talking to him. <laughs> and he, uh, he got a kick out of that. And that, that's, but that, that's kind of where we're at. We're, we, we know we have this 23 season in front of us, but we already know who they're going to play in 2024. The SEC thing is just looming, and so uh, in ways big and small, it's it's very present. Um, you know, the fact that Oklahoma has almost got you know a, a foot in two camps, and it, it certainly 
maybe felt the most that way uh, in Nashville last week, where it really began to feel real that, you know, Oklahoma will be in the SEC in a year's time and that they are really about to embark on this, this new era uh, of, of college football. And Eric, just quickly, Shane, you were there for Shane Beamer and Josh Heupel and Spencer Rattler. What impressions did you get from that trio of former Sooners um, as it relates to you making this jump? Well, it's funny because in the SEC, there's no time for – unlike the Big 12 where you could run into a coach, run into a player, you know, somewhere on the AT&T Stadium floor, there's not a lot of time just to bump into players or coaches because everything's so regimented. Uh, the handlers are taking players and coaches from place to place. I ran into Spencer Rattler going to the restroom. We are walking in and out, and we just bumped into each other randomly and uh, excited to see each other. Uh, he gave me a little bro hug, and we talked for about a minute. I said, how are you doing? He, he's doing fine. I told him I was glad he had a good season, looking forward to watching him this year. I told him, glad he's playing for a coach he really enjoys. He got a good coach. It, mean, it means a lot to me to see him play for a coach that he likes, and it was good to see him. We talked for about 60 seconds before his handler said, we got to go. <laughs> so, But it was neat seeing Spencer Rattler. Uh, but Shane Beamer, it was really neat. There was a moment, you know, in that big ballroom, uh, I was joined by uh, George Stoya and Tyler Palmatier, who was writing for the Oklahoman. We had our hands raised for about 10 minutes, just waiting, waiting to ask Shane Beamer a question. Uh, Coach Beamer was answering everyone's questions. He looked at the moderator and said, don't forget our, my Oklahoma guys over here. So he hadn't forgotten us. And uh, we got our questions in to Coach Beamer, and I thanked him for, with him when I had the microphone for not forgetting his Oklahoma guys. So good guy. And, and we knew we were going to, we got a chance to talk to Josh Heupel to uh, coach Heupel and ask him about his Oklahoma days. And uh, he answered it, knocked the questions out of the ballpark. Um, you know, coach Heupel left Oklahoma uh, kind of a, a strained relationship a little bit. And uh, both Beamer and Heupel are going to come back to Oklahoma in 24, bring their teams to Norman. Um, so that'll be interesting. And that'll be a topic of conversation in 24, but it was really neat seeing Beamer and the success he's had at Carolina, seeing coach Heupel and that, outstanding success he's had he's the he's the reigning sec coach of the year so both those coaches you know their their uh their fingerprints are all over that oklahoma program and what they've done and to see them at sec media days as head coaches as successful head coaches and run into them and and get to see them and have ties to oklahoma that was really neat and it was good to run into them this past week so we got our taste of sec media days next year will be full throttle uh, we're about a week away from the start of, of camp, but Eric, on, on the recruiting front, it, it proved to be a pretty significant week across a couple of programs in Norman. We'll start with Porter Moser and, and OU Hoops. I mean, uh, Dale's Dayton Forsyth is, uh, is considered, uh, at least by the, the recruiting rankings, the number one basketball recruit in the state in 2024. And uh, last week, he picked OU over Oklahoma State. Uh, he had offers from Wichita State or Roberts. Villanova was in the picture. Uh, and so a, a big get for Porter Moser, not not only in the player that they're bringing in here. And, and you know, all you got to do is go to the Tulsa World Archives to, to read about Dayton Forsythe, what he did at the Tournament of Champions last year. He, he's back-to-back -back state champion with, with Dale, 2A state champion. But for Porter Moser, who has had uh, two a difficult second season, he's uh, about to head into a big third season in Norman. but to beat out Mike Boynton and, and to kind of make a stamp on the, the in-state recruiting trail is a big step and a, a big, I think, recruiting win for them. And, and that's the kind of momentum that they've got to be building both on the court where we know things have to be better this coming season, but but off it on the recruiting trail, that's the kind of move that they've got to make. 
Yeah, and I think, like you said, in-state, uh, you're going against, you know, Oklahoma State. I mean, you look at Oklahoma State and all the in-state in talent they've kept or brought to Stillwater. I think this is huge. Number one prospect in the state, point guard. I mean, you got someone who's going to run your offense. And, you know, you beat the likes of Villanova for this kid, too. Uh, you kept him home. I think that's huge. I, and when I think about him, I think of uh, someone like um, Brady Manick, someone who you kept home at Hera. Someone just, uh, you know, tank tank of gas. That's all he, you recruited him with a tank of gas. Um, I think uh, you think of Dale, Oklahoma, you think small town basketball, but you know what? You think small town talent too. You think a guy that can play at this level, the guy that can make waves, uh, a guy that was under the, you know, maybe under the radar early in his career, but immediately uh, brought a lot of eyes to him. A guy that really came in and again, score can, you know, distribute the basketball, can make plays. And this is the kind of player that really, um, a guy that really Porter Mosier needs that can run his offense, the blue, blue, blue collar guy, guy that's going to really, you can build a program around. And it's good for this Oklahoma program. They need these kind of playmakers, someone that can distribute the basketball. And uh, I know, you know, talking to some people earlier this year about, you know, different about Porter's program, talking to some OU insiders, this was the guy that they've been targeting a lot. This is the guy they felt good about. And to get this commitment, it's huge for the Sooners. And, and you're right, entering year three, this is the kind of recruiting wave that they really needed with this program. Yeah, and he's just the first one in 2024. And they'll hope to build from there and make back-to-back -back productive classes. But yeah, I mean, talking to the folks around the program, they feel like he projects as, as a lead ball handler, a guy who can run an offense and he can shoot a little bit. He can get to the basket. Uh, he's got athleticism. I, I saw some clips. Uh, he's got somewhere out there, there's a buzzer beater put back he had at day off, like an inbound pass that, that shows he's got the balance, he's got everything. So it's exciting. And, and I do think, you know, the, the perception is there for a reason. It's reality that Oklahoma State, Mike Boynton have, have had the upper hand on in-state recruiting of late. So for Porter Moser to, to get a guy like this coming off the season they had is a really positive sign. I know they put in the work for him and uh, we'll see where this 24 class goes from there. Eric, that's local. When we go national in recruiting last week, we're talking Taylor Tatum, mm -hmm. the one running back in the country, committing to Oklahoma, really the two finalists, it was OU and, and Lincoln Riley's USC. Michigan had been um, in, in that running and, until the very end, but Oklahoma walks away with easily the crown jewel to this point of its 2024 20, class and, uh, you know, quite a running back. I, I believe I, I crunched the numbers and this was kind of the lead to my story. The last time Oklahoma signed uh, the number one running back in the nation? Can you tell me? Last time? Uh, oh, gosh. It was Adrian Peterson? It was Adrian Peterson. And yeah. so the, the precedent is there. I don't mean to set up expectations <laughs> in any way, but uh, a, a huge get. That's the point. Longview, Texas running back, rushed for 1,800 yards, 33 touchdowns as a junior last year. Easily, you know, whether, whether those rankings are, you know, whatever we want to put into them. They have him number one. At the very least, he's one of the top running back talents uh, in this coming class and, and a huge get for the Sooners at a position where they're kind of stocking up now. Exactly. And you know what? Going to the SEC, running the football is so, so important. I think that's probably a big sell when you're recruiting the type of players, when you're recruiting offensive linemen and defensive linemen. I think SEC football, that's that's the sell. And I wonder how much when you're, when you're weighing, if you're a recruit, you weigh OU versus UC, USC. Uh, that's a sell. 
And it, I'm just curious too, what's it like for OU fans uh, beating USC in this? I mean, that's that's uh, a- Eric. All you gotta do is, is go on Twitter to know how they feel. <laughs> and you know this this got a little contentious too because he's gonna play baseball too. That's the key. And I, I know that there was some chatter about you know Lincoln Riley saying, "Hey, I worked with Skip Johnson when Kyler Murray wanted to play both sports," and you know I allowed that to happen. And Skip said, "Hey, hey, wait a second. You know there was probably a little bit of you know who let who play what sport. I know there's probably some of that going on too. But regardless of what really happened, here's a young man that's going to play football, probably play baseball too." Um, a center fielder as well, an outstanding athlete who's going to help this backfield at Oklahoma. He's going to be coached by DeMarco Murray, one of the best of the business. And you know what? We probably don't give DeMarco Murray enough credit for what he's done. Rookie rookie position coach who is really excelling both on the field and off the field, recruiting at a high, high level. Uh, here's a guy who can really, uh, you know, when he gets on campus, when Taylor Tatum gets on campus, He's going to be perfect because, you know, Javante Barnes will be entering year three. Uh, you know, that that run, those running back rooms going to get older and they're going to need some young youth to come in there and power this, carry the load. I think the timing is right. The recruiting cycle is just perfect for him to come in and, and really make some moves. So I think this is huge. Uh, big, big signing for the Sooners. And uh, I don't think they're done. I think there's still room for, you know, just to continue to grow in that running back room. As we've learned over the years, you know, you, you need to, you need to be as deep as you can get in this running back room. You never know when injuries are going to take place. Uh, you never know, you know, attrition, everything. I think this is a big signing for the Sooners and it's really going to lead the way. Uh, and play, good players want to play with good players. I think this is going to continue to open the door for fur, further uh, commitments. Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned others. Caden Durham is going to announce at the end of next month. Uh, he's the four-star recruit. LSU's after him, but he'd be a, another big addition. And I think without placing too much pressure or expectation, this is an offense that last year under Jeff Levy showed a willingness to give the ball to young running backs. Uh, Javante Barnes carried 116 times. Gavin Sawchuk was sidelined a bit, but we saw him in the bowl game. Point being that if, if Taylor Tatum's ready, I've got no doubt that within that running back depth year one, you know, they, they'd give him opportunities and, and you never know what this is going to look like. We, we'll project in a year's time that Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk are your, your two guys anchoring that room. And that may be the case and you'll still need a third, but things can change. And, and point being, I, I think if, if Taylor Tatum's ready and maybe as ready as he seems to be, he's a, a big physical guy, he could make an impact right away. And, and that would be pretty exciting for Sooner fans. And Jeff Levy's offense is continuing to grow. I think that's the thing, too. I mean, it, it's going to continue to get better. Uh, you know, year one was year one. I think that that's the key, too, is that it's going to continue to expand and grow. And everyone's learning. I mean, that's it. The coaches is going to it's going to it's just going to grow and get better. And that's the key, too. Eric, I think that does it for us on this Monday morning edition of the OU Sports Extra Pod. Uh, we'll have. Plenty of coverage this week on the Sooners, all the ongoings. And then next week, it just kicks off in full force. Training camp will be here. And before we know it, we'll be uh, talking about Arkansas State September 2. Yeah, media day we're hearing is, what, uh, August 1? Mm -hmm. so that's when we'll have a lot of interviews, a lot of uh, player coach interviews. Uh, August 3 is uh, opening day of practice, right? Uh, so they'll start hitting the ground running. So we're just a week away. Eight days from media day, uh, 10 days from opening day of practice, and here we go. Buckle up. Here we go. Buckle up. Well, Eric, until next time, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, you can find us anywhere you find your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google. 
TulsaWorld.com. Please check out our coverage there as well. And we will be back with another edition here soon.